Hello and welcome, Calcio fans. This is United by Calcio, your favorite Serie A-focused podcast. And we're here every single week with a preview, recap, and everything else in between. And I am joined, as always, by Robbie. Yes, sir. And my name is Christian. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, this week, we'll be covering, obviously, uh, match day 19. Halfway point, Robbie, we're there. We're at yeah. match day 19. Uh, by the way, Inter have our successful uh, match day 19 halfway point winners. So congratulations on the half Scudetto. Doesn't mean anything, but congrats. Doesn't mean anything. Um, with that said, uh, match day 19 a recap will be happening on this episode. This episode will be up Tuesday. That's right. And then we will be back on Thursday with the preview for match day 20, crossing into the second half of the season. Uh, with that, Robbie, let's just jump right into it with uh, a bit of fine action between Bologna and Genoa. This game didn't really have much to it, right? It was just sort of Bologna, you know, screeched, you know, hit the brakes hard, right? Sort of like just came to a halt, stopped the bleeding, so to speak didn't lose any more than they had to. And, uh, well, that was it, right? That was the whole story here. Yeah, I mean, Bologna really controlled the game. They really should have won. Martinez played out of his mind, made a bunch of saves. Um, mm -hmm. I think the total was like seven. Um, but it's funny, we talk about Bologna and talk about the youth and, like, Xerxes and all these young guys that are so exciting. And then it's Di Silvestri the 35-year-old who comes on and scores the one to tie it up. <laughs> but, but yeah. Not um, funny how that works. Yeah, it, it's always how it works. Um, but, yeah, watching this game, it just felt like Bologna should have tied that up way earlier. Probably shouldn't have lost, the, like, been down. Um, and then just couldn't convert on their chances. Credit to Martinez, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and then... Props to Genoa. They've we talk about Bologna and praise them about how they don't lose at home. They win the games. That's right. And like same thing on the road. They just drawing these games, even though they're not winning, they're not losing, and that's massive in terms of points. And Genoa are starting to do that as well. And props to them. They got a lead. They lost it, but they didn't lose the game, which is half the battle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and. You know, at this point, both teams definitely need to keep their momentum uh, up at this point, right? They can't they can't let up um, at this point in time. There is something to to be said about the fact that Genoa is fighting for a, a little more, well, well, at least with a little more panic, right? Because they just came back into Serie A after going down. Uh, obviously, very unfortunate story where both. Uh, Genoa clubs, Sampdoria and Genoa, right, uh, fall down into Serie B. Uh, Sampdoria is still there, but this club seems to have a little life in it. I mean, at tw the 12th currently, right, they're not far from Napoli, you know, relatively speaking, seven points away, pretty pretty good distance, but uh, 21 points, not bad. They were playing a lot worse than this in the beginning of the season. You got to give them credit for turning things around a little bit, right? They're, they've kind of stopped uh, the bleeding, so to speak. I mean, the, the last five games, 
Um, when you consider how they played in this game, it was one one, so one draw. Actually, two last last two games have been draws. Before that, they beat Genoa. I mean, Sassuolo two <laughs> one. Drew with Juve, and then uh, lost to Monza one zero. So they're really not losing, you know, by two three goals a game. They're managing the games well, and they're sort of settling for a lot of the draws a lot of times, which is pretty important. You've mentioned this before, right? Uh, on this note, I do want to point out a a player that seems to just constantly be popping up on on my radar every time I watch this team, Gudmundsson. He is good. He is very, very good. Eight goals, two assists this season. And we always talk about Xerxes, right? Because, of course, why wouldn't we talk about Xerxes? But Gudmundsson's sort of quietly putting together a really good season, right? He's almost approaching the double digits goal uh goal t- tally this season. He's not I mean he's got plenty of time left in the season, right? Yeah, and you just brought up the last five games of Genoa and he's scored or assisted in four straight games. So it just feels like like we've said with a lot of other players, like Genoa goes as Goodmanson goes. Um but yeah, three goals, one assist in over four games, having one in each of the games. And also not like they're playing slouch competition. They played Juve no. Inter um, Sassuolo and then Bologna. So pretty strong, except for Sassuolo. Uh, <laughs> um, competition that they're playing and then lose a single one of those four games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, he's sort of, I, I think he cemented his place uh, up top at this point. I mean, I think that the, the one surprising thing for me is a Tegui, uh, who sort of disappeared. Right, he started twelve. Sorry, he played in twelve games, started ten matches, and his only contributions are well, only you know, quote unquote, three goals and one assist. He's he's been much much more quiet. Um, hasn't quite translated the way everyone expected. Plenty of time. I mean, you know, he's only twenty four years old and he just came into this team, so uh, not exactly sounding the alarm yet, but a, a little surprising. Uh, just just for my sort of uh, view. But Gudmundsson, very, very impressive. Uh, I'd say Xerxes and Orsolini were not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but they just weren't good enough uh, or as good as they usually are, right? Uh, obviously, we didn't have, uh, or they didn't have, rather, uh, Ferguson starting today. Or not today, but the other day, anyways. Um, but overall, this team's backline performed well. They did a good job. It's just that uh, Genoa came up with the goal at the right time. They did They did their job. Gudmundsson scores. And then Desilvestri, of all people, like you mentioned, the wisdom off the bench comes in and does it. That's it. This man comes in at 87th minute, just scores. And then uh, Alexis Salamakers uh, gets the assist, first assist of the season. Uh, which is kind of surprising. Uh, he'd been playing a lot, a lot better uh, this season, and it, it kind of took me by surprise that that was his first assist. But, yeah, what do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, you definitely expect him to be a little bit better. Um, he came on in the fifty-fourth minute, so it's not like he's starting every game, but he's getting a good amount of playing time. Um, right. For me, like this game was really just about missed opportunities by. Bologna like you look at the stats just a lo- like watching it you could see it but 
looking the stats like reinforces my opinion on it. Like twenty one mm-hmm. to three in shots. Like this game was all Bologna. They just Martinez played out of his mind, and sometimes you need that. And that's a good learning experience for these young guys and right. young team is sometimes the bounces don't go your way. You got to find a way. Mm-hmm. And D Silvestri uh, showed him how to get it done. <laughs> he did. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's sort of a trope, right? Uh, in, in a sense that you need that old, old wisdom, you know, sort of uh, full of wisdom player, right? Every team needs that player, especially younger teams. I think it's, it's so much more uh, important in that scenario. And uh, he came through, right? I mean, that, that wisdom went out there and he, uh, he scored, got him a draw. So they didn't at least uh, come out of this, but this was not the only game this weekend where it sort of came down to the wire, right? The, the difference maker waited until the very last end or close to it to get something out of this game, right? So we've got plenty of those kinds of games to talk about uh, this week. And uh, with that, I mean, we'll go to the, probably uh, your favorite one, right? The, the Of course, the Inter-Elas Verona uh, game. And I mean, let's just start off with the fact that Mar- Lautaro Martinez comes back and he acts like he's never, never been gone, right? I mean, first, what, 13th minute scores? Good goal, by the way. He was off balance. That was, an, that was a difficult shot to make. Uh, good follow through on that. He did his job. 16th goal of the season. Yeah. I mean, first game back and the first touch from him and then the instincts to use the outside of the foot just to poke it through instead of going for a finesse uh, worked perfectly. And of course, it was a great layoff by Taram to Mkhitaryan. Yes. And then the pass from him was great there too. Um, looked like Dortmund days of Mickey. And it was beautiful. And then, of course, out of nothing, Verona score tied up. And then we got the dramatics late. Yeah. Fratesi right. with, a, with a beautiful goal. <laughs> All cheeked up on the, the stanchions. And, uh, and, yeah. I mean, should it have stood? <laughs> what are your thoughts? Well, uh, it should have stood. There was not, there was not enough there to, to overturn that in my view, but um, you know, there's always going to be. I mean, look, every game's going to have something like this, right? At the, I do believe at the end of the season, it all balances out. It just mistakes are made throughout the season. Uh, they happen; they're a part of soccer. Even with VAR, it doesn't matter. It still happens. You got to just accept it. That was a goal, and that was it. I will say Fratesi doesn't get as much credit for me. Good for him for scoring. Oh, of course. But there were like <laughs> there were two uh, there were two other like Inter players right behind him who would have put that through regardless. Hey. So you know he was just there. Okay, he was just there. Right place, right um, time. I that, that I will count. give credit to Bastoni for like a hell of a rocket that he launched and and somehow you know slammed into the crossbar, and then Barella for having the confidence to go at it from uh, as far out as he was right. Mm-hmm. Outside the box there, um, and then I mean Montipo, what is he doing? I, I I just don't understand that. Hold the goddamn ball. Yeah, I'm you surprised do it. that you say that goal should stand. So like, obviously I'm biased. I I love that moment. Like that was great, <laughs> but that's a foul to me. Like 
it's not the MMA thing that like everyone was going on Twitter about, like X, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he doesn't raise his elbow, but there's no reason for Bastoni to go and shoulder the guy. And even worse, like, you got to get up. Like, why? Are, like, what? At this point, we have VAR. It doesn't yeah. benefit you if you just stay down. Like, the ref right. isn't going to stop play. So get up. Mm-hmm. You're fine. Yeah. And mm-hmm. continue with the play. Like, you might be able to impact the play and make it so there isn't a goal and a controversy and exactly. everything like that. Exactly. But, of course, he stays down. Fertesi mm-hmm. finds the ball. Back of the yeah. net. It's 2-1. And then the dramatics weren't even over in pot center style. Yeah. We yeah. got a penalty I mean, that yeah. I'm still astounded was a penalty. <laughs> I'm looking at it. They barely showed the replay on the um, on the broadcast because the ref didn't did know that. if he was calling a handball, a foul. Like <laughs> there was nothing. I yeah. Like he he makes contact with the guy, whoever yeah. it was. I I forget who actually got fouled. If it was Henry or not, but. He kicks his foot a little bit. There's a little contact. Not a lot. Not anything that should be a foul. Like, that's just incidental contact for me. Mm-hmm. The guy plants his foot, sees the ball is now gone, and falls. And I'm just like, what What are we doing? Like, yeah. And then, you know, justice prevails. He hits the post. You know, justice. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's the thing, though, right? At the end of the day... I don't know. I, I I didn't think that was that was anything abnormal in terms of the foul. Uh, I didn't think it was it was enough in my view to overturn it. Um, I you know obviously could very well be wrong. That's just my vantage my view my vantage point there. Um, I, I think it's more more telling of this Verona team that they would their team their players would would risk getting a red card with so much time left to go right in what it was essentially, you know, 95th minute, you know, Darko Lazovic gets a red card. That That's just purely stupid play. That That is unnecessary, pure stupid play. You do not risk that. doesn't matter what's going on. But you know what? Let's say, let's say we move on from that. Thomas Henry, after he has a very good goal, mind you, that was a very good goal, good instincts, nice job, misses the penalty that you were just talking about. I mean that would have that would have tied this game. That would have that would have made your lunchtime start, uh, kickoff nightmares come true. I know. Um, not that I'm I'm sure you weren't like sitting there clutching, you know, uh, your your couch, just like what the heck is going on, just gripping it. But I, I bet you were. But I, I just he, there's no he should have had that. But I feel like I've I, we've all been saying this this season. Really, it seems like the should have had that in terms of penalties, has sort of been going out the window a little bit. I, I don't know. Uh, between Lautaro, uh, Juve struggles on that front. Yeah, I on mean... On and on and on it goes, right? It just seems to be an issue. Penalties are, what, 75% chance it gets made? Yeah. And it feels like more perception is like it's 100%, so it's like stunning yeah. whenever it's a miss. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. Henry sure has scored it. He sent somewhere the wrong way. He just... Yeah hit the post instead of the side netting. Um, but it did look like he mishit it a little bit, but 
That's just the way penalties go. Ball don't lie. It is. 100%. 100% is. I mean, that was just, it was what it was. Unfortunately, what can you do about that? But this game ended up with uh, Inter making sure they maintained uh, pace with Juve because, uh, well, if they hadn't won, things would have shaken out a bit differently. I think Inter was still been ahead just because of the goal difference, but I think it would have been tied, right, uh, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Correct. So, But Inter's still technically first place because of the goal difference. Um, nonetheless, Inter put in a performance they needed, got the three points. Good for them. Nice job to Fratesi, even though he had two other guys around him who would have scored the goal anyways. But, you know, whatever. One last thing is <laughs> in years past... Yeah, when yeah. looking at Inter in January, and this is the slump that they come in, these are the True. games that they drop points. And I've 100%. been say I'll say it with Juve for like I've been saying it the whole thing. The thing you got to care about is three points. And there's been so many times as an Inter fan that I've seen this team, and I'm just so disappointed when they drop points for no reason yeah. against teams they shouldn't. Um, so it's nice to see. This kind of moment happened, even though the penalty part was unnecessary. Didn't need that for uh, my heart. Um, <laughs> I saw a funny meme. Yeah. It was just like a picture of a very old person. And it yeah. was just like the, the uh, an Inter fan at 27 mm-hmm. years old. It was just like this really, really, like probably 100 years old person. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, that's, that's me. Yep. Uh, I mean, that is you. That's yeah. not gonna lie. Inter are aging you, but th- to be fair, I get it because you are aging me too. They're they're mm-hmm. slowly trying to kill me uh, as well. So it's it's okay. Um, I understand your feeling. I understand your struggles. Uh, we both say that, mind you, being fans of you know two of the best historically and present you know Serie A teams. But can you imagine what Serie fans feel like? <laughs> um, I think they're beyond graying. I think they're skeletons at this point. Um, but with that said, this Inter team keeps chugging along. They're doing just fine. Still at the top of the table. 48 uh, points at the top there. 35 goal difference, which is impressive, mind you. Uh, this is approaching the Napoli total from last season. So well done to them. On the other end of things, uh, I, I do want to mention a quick note. This is kind of a historic point. I mean, these teams are keeping up a blistering pace points-wise. If they keep going like this, we've talked about this before, they're they're potentially in the 96-point range, somewhere around that, which is nuts to think about. Uh, that is absolutely insane. That's how competitive uh, the season has become. Uh, Milan didn't lose any more uh, momentum, so that's good. It's going to be an interesting finish to the season, though, for sure. And speaking of finishes... Roma and Atalanta, there wasn't really much finishing going on in this game. There was a, a whole lot of opportunities, but not a whole lot of finishing. And it just was it, it was surprising. It was shocking. What wasn't shocking was a sort of disciplinary issues, but it was shocking on whose side the disciplinary issues were coming. I mean, first of all, Jose Mourinho, red card again. Love it. Got to love that man getting sent off. Nothing that makes me happier. So good. But Atalanta collectively are, what, they had five yellow cards in this game? And realistically, Scalvini should have been sent off more than once 
in that game after his, his first yellow, where he challenged uh, Pellegrini at one point, very much so a uh, second yellow in my view. But he got lucky. So did Atalanta. Because it would, it would have been a different story, I have a feeling, if uh, they played a man down. Nonetheless, my digression aside, 1-1 one, one draw. Dybala uh, scores a penalty because Rugetti, who also has a yellow, uh, essentially just brings Dybala down. And, uh, well, Dybala scores. He didn't miss. Nice job. Kupminers, though, great goal. What a job on his part. What a goal. And uh, I just want to point out two players for just entirely different reasons. Karnaseki, great job. Really good performance from him in this game. Uh, Mancini, I'm so proud of him. No yellow cards in this game, even though he <laughs> probably could have gotten at least one. Uh, <laughs> but with that, uh, what do you what you make of this game? What were, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, Roma definitely should have won. Yeah, uh, they created all the chances. Most of the chances. But yeah, Coop Miners, great goal. Um, just feels like Atalanta always has these these guys, the wing backs slash like attacking midfielders who score way more than their striker. Um, <laughs> they just churn them out. Um, but yeah, Mourinho getting a red, red at this point is just like it's his brand. Like that's what he does. It is. It's. It's baffling how many times he gets reds, and then it's like just not surprising to anyone anymore. And it's just for yeah. yelling at the ref every single time. Like yep. he cries more than any other coach, more than Conte, and that's saying yeah. something. Like, and I love Mourinho, but like, God, just just shut your trap sometimes. <laughs> Wouldn't like, be a bad it's just idea. Like. Now he's missing the Milan game yep. for being on the like, game. on the sidelines. But like just it feels like once you get the yellow in the first half, mm-hmm. you feel like, okay, I'll tame myself a little bit. Um but yeah, like you were saying, Scalvini probably should have been sent off. They end up subbing him because they really were risking it. Um yep. granted that was still the eighty six minutes, so not like it they really subbed him off too early. Um, no. But yeah, this game was just like, it's just, I'm never inspired watching Roma play. They're just, yeah. they don't play entertaining football. They rely no. very heavily on Lukaku and Dybala, and this game was yeah. a, a pen. Um, but yeah, it'll be exciting to see uh, Hoytson, the Juve product. Um, absolutely because it seems like he's going to get a lot of time which is good um, for both Juve and Roma because they need that quality um, especially with just like the amount of yellow cards that they get Um, (laughs) they're going to need every body they can get (laughs) 100% absolutely I mean Hoisin first of all just super impressive that this kid's 18 18 years old right and Roma essentially are, are asking Juve for a loan move for six months for an 18 year old who's going to start right away. Like that's, that's, that, that yeah. either tells you that this Roma team's defense is in shambles, which, you know, you could argue that, but also just how impressive 
uh, of a player he is, right? And how much uh, potential he's got. So I think you could see it. He held his own. Uh, he was he was a presence uh, throughout the game there when he, when he was playing. So good for him. Uh, really awesome. The uh, other thing I sort of want to point out was Pellegrini when when he had that first. Uh, it was actually a second foul uh, with Scalvini. Second little collision there. I think Scalvini might have thrown up a knee or something on his back. Pellegrini falls down for a while there. He didn't look the same after that. Uh, you almost wondered if he really was injured because, I mean, he was down for a while. Uh, you wonder if he really did get quite quite the knock there from that. I mean, Scalvini kind of kept doing it too after after the uh, afterwards. In fact, that second yellow, in my view, was against Pellegrini again. So what do you, uh, what do you make of that? I mean, do you think the ref... I mean, because there were at least at least one, but you could have argued like two up two places where he could have gotten a second yellow. Yeah, he he should have been off. Um, and yeah, I Pellegrini got subbed off in the seventy third. So like, we'll see going forward to see about right. his health. Um, I haven't seen anything that would suggest he's going to miss time, but you never know. Um, these knocks happen all the time. Um, they do. But yeah, Scalvini. Definitely lucky to have still been on the field to be subbed off. Um, mm-hmm. But you'd think these type of games are those learning moments. He's 20, and he's playing every yeah. minute, and this is a big, Absolutely. hostile environment in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just got to learn, like, hey, like once you get the yellow, you got to be more careful Absolutely. every single time. And that's probably what uh, Gasparini took him off for. Talk to him. Probably. I'm like, hey, yeah. like, calm down. Calma. Calma, calma, calma. <laughs> calma, calma. Pego. Um, please, just no no, no more yellows, all right? Uh, I mean, that's true. Yeah, he's a, he's still, it's surprising to say that, right? But he's still only uh, 20 years old. Um, the other uh, the other thing I want to mention was the, uh, again, Kaneseki. I mentioned this earlier. He had a hell of a game. I mean, he made a lot of saves. He kept Atalanta in this game. This guy had seven saves in this game. That is impressive. Like that, he, again, I think he's a reason why that uh, that, that game did not end in a Roma win. If, if he wasn't uh, back there, which first of all, in my mind, I don't understand why Gasparini is playing this whole Musso, uh, Kaneseki, you know, battle. Sort of like, oh, one week uh, Musso, one week Kaneseki. I, I don't understand this. He just needs to make a decision, stick with a guy, and move on. Uh, then again, Gasparini is known for this. He just loves friction. Friction is what how he thrives. He's like a quiet man's Mourinho. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> He's sort of like this angry guy. You see his expression on a sideline. Did you see that moment when, uh, what was his name? Uh, shoot. Was this, uh, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Mancini that fell down and Scamacca accidentally, mind you, stepped on his cleat, uh, stepped on him with his cleats right in his, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I just, the the announcers, uh, the reason I remember this is because the announcers were just so fantastically awkward during this segment. I just loved the way they were talking. And the camera was panning right down the middle. 
And you're just like, okay, I, I think this is a little too much like <laughs> uh, commentary on a guy like getting, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and they're showing him getting iced. And I'm like, all right, you know what? <laughs> I think this can be kept like pan to like Mourinho's reaction. And then you see Gasparini and I, this is, I'd love this. And he's cracking a smile as he's watching the, mm-hmm. the, the replay. Oh yeah. And I'm just like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. He can't even hide it. He's just cracking a smile. Um, gotta love that. With that aside, uh, I do want to mention one more player here, and that's Lukaku, who who just he wasn't bad, but he wasn't necessarily good here in this game. He kind of disappeared most of the game. Yeah, what, I mean, what are we making of this? Strikers are evaluated by goals. That's right. they have a good game if they score. They have a bad game mm-hmm. if they don't. Um, not everyone can be Olivier Giroud. Um, no. <laughs> Where you you score zero goals and win a World Cup. Um, (laughs) But, hey, like, he was fine. Like, he created a chance or two and, like, but he didn't get the goal. So, we'll always be like, what could you have done more? Like, how could you offer more? Um, But that's the way it's going to feel like when you watch Lukaku play for this Roma team because they're going to go as he scores and Dybala scores. It's basically just those two creating opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and you're right. Like, I think it is sort of the easy reaction is to say, well, he didn't score. So what the hell, you know, but for me, it's just more so watching the game, seeing his play. And he had a couple of brilliant moments, things that I wish Vlaovic, for instance, would do in terms of hold up play. And Lukaku is great. He's very well known for this. He does a great job. He did it with Inter. Him and Lautaro linked up a lot on those uh, hold-up plays. I love when he does that. Fantastic at that. And he did help Roma there. But he also had many opportunities where Dybala was just... He was giving him opportunity after opportunity to just sink it in. And he just wasn't taking it. And you've got to show up for these big games. He had the opportunities. It's not as if he didn't. He just didn't take any of them, which is a little frustrating. Because uh, then you sort of, again, see the Dybala show. Uh, I watched this entire game, mm-hmm. and it felt very much so like the Dybala show. It felt like Dybala was on the pitch, and then everybody else was around him. That was it. Uh, which I think is, I, I don't think it's a secret, right? I think they sort of know this. Um, but any final thoughts on this? Yeah, we summed it up pretty well. I mean... It's a point for Atalanta. That's probably yeah. more praise. Roma probably feel unfortunate to not have had three. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Atalanta get get a little closer to Bologna. Only two points away now and three points from Fiorentina. So getting closer to the fifth and fourth place spots there. So good for them. With that uh, said, let's move on to Sassuolo and Fiorentina with this surprise result. Uh, Sassuolo seemingly hitting the brakes on their just dreadful, dreadful run of late. And surprisingly, Fiorentina just fall. What do we what do we make of this game? Yeah, Sassuolo with their first win in uh, seven contests. Yeah. Um, definitely didn't see it coming. I mean, we definitely predicted wrong. I mean, one came in <laughs> yeah. with losses slash draws in six straight. One right. came in for... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. They hadn't dropped. Yeah. Uh, they hadn't lost. 
And of course it goes away where the team who hadn't won at all wins the game. Um, but yeah, it was a nice finish by Pinamonti and Consigli pay, played really well. Um, yes, he did. Bonaventura, of course, missed the penalty, uh, which was a trend this, yeah. <laughs> this week. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I certainly didn't expect him to win one nothing because especially like you right. think Sassuolo, poor defense, score goals. Yeah, Fiorentina, yeah, exactly. Very mm-hmm. vibey team with Italiano. Um, Absolutely. So one nothing Sassuolo would have probably been like my last prediction behind 0-0. I agree. I completely agree. I mean, this was not my prediction either. Uh, definitely wasn't either one of our, our predictions. Uh, we were surprised. I think we both had Fiorentina winning here handily. So, you know, unfortunately, Fiorentina just didn't show up for this. Uh, Bonaventura, who's usually pretty solid, missed that uh, necessary goal for them, unfortunately. So it sucks. It happens. Uh, he's a good player still. You know, he he does a lot for that team. But, you know, it's just you hate to see uh, that sort of uh, the game come back, come down to that. But then again, it is there they're sort of doing right. I mean, this team just did not play well enough and uh, they definitely did not finish the opportunities that they had. And they did have opportunities uh, on the other end of things. Pinamonte scores his, I think seventh goal of the season here. Um, you know, fine season. He's getting close to double digits. Not, not bad. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's more work to be done there. But on, on the other end of things, there's Berardi, who's got a yellow. He was subbed out in 80, on the uh, 80 for, uh, first minute there, and he didn't really play well in this game. He, he was really not, not really there, right? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it previously that it just feels like there's some games where he takes off mentally. It just like feels yeah. like he's not he's just kind of going through the motions. He's not playing at that peak Berardi that we know and love. Mm-hmm. Um he's still two games removed from scoring two against Udinese, so it's hard to really criticize him a ton. Um yeah. cause this and they won this game. Um mm-hmm. cause you, we talk about how they go as Berardi goes, and Pinamonte and Loriente were included in that, but um just feels like you want more from him. You do. Every game, it just feels like he's going to have to put up that very good performance that we saw against Inter and Juve. Um, especially to keep them afloat in what I would call this a relegation fight. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but the, but that's the thing, though, right? I think it ultimately comes down, ultimately comes down to the idea that uh, when you are a player of Berardi's statue, right? Um, stature, Jesus can't speak today. Uh, when you are a player of his stature, you're expected to do better, right? And that's the difference. That's what, that's what separates the good players from the best players. And you've, you've got to perform consistently, right? That's what the best players in the world do consistently. They perform, they show up and they carry their team and they are there. It's just that, uh, again, I'm not criticizing Berardi by any means. He's got nine goals and three assists. He's doing fine, uh, more than fine, in fact. But uh, in this game, you do want him to perform a little better uh, than he did. And you are right. We have seen this whole process of him checking out. He does that every season. Uh, just hope for his sake and Sassuolo's sake, 
Uh, it is not a long period this time because you're right. They are currently in somewhat of a relegation fight because they're not far from the bottom three. They're at 19 points. Closest team at 18. Elas Verona at 14. That's that's not a big distance. That is, that's an easy slide given how many games they lost prior to this 1-0 win, right? So are we expecting them to get into the bottom three? No. Is that something that you'd be shocked about? I would be surprised. I think yeah. they'll get there eventually. Like today, they'll win some of these games. Like they were at 16 before this week, which that right. made me concerned. Um, but I just think the bottom four or five teams are going to consistently put worse results out there than Sassuolo. And Sassuolo have a five-point cushion. Um, but before this win, they were at 16. And they were certainly right in the thick of it. Um just goes to show what one win can do. Absolutely. Uh, that three points helps. So uh, with that, let's move on to uh, well, the Torino-Napoli matchup, if that is what, what it is going to be called, because I think Napoli forgot to show up for this game. And I'm just going to start right off the bat with this one. Uh, Mazzocchi, <laughs> debut for the club, <laughs> local... I, I can't imagine the emotions he's got just at that moment being a local and starting. I mean, that has to be huge. But I have no idea what he's thinking with that leg. Why is his leg so high? It makes no sense. And it's so disappointing. Like, you come on 46 minutes. You're making your debut. Bew, and four minutes later, you are sent off. Direct, like it was, it was a no-brainer. You saw the like when they went to VAR, you saw the video. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a no doubter red card. See you later. And you just, and then they scored. Torino scored the second right after that. It was a good finish from Vlasic, but yeah, right when that happens, game's gone, done and dusted. Torino three points. Yeah, I mean Torino just totally ran away with this. Zapata had two assists. Uh, Sanabria, Vlasic, and Buongiorno scored. Uh, by the way, I just got to point out, Buongiorno is turning into a heck of a player. I mean, Buongiorno is uh, hopefully coming to Juve uh, in, in the uh, summer. Um, but what a player, huh? I mean, Torino just seemed to be developing these center backs. And, and by the way, Torino, thank you very much. Uh, Juventus will gladly take these center backs <laughs> off your hands. Uh, no worries. And we'll, we'll be there for sure as when he's ready uh, in due time. Don't worry, Torino fans. Um, <laughs> they're like the Academy. No, I'm just kidding. That That's a joke. That's a joke. Not trying to be cruel. But is it not serious? I don't know. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, Ben Chardon is kidding. very good. Like he's, we of course, like, like him more for his defensive capabilities and he yes. plays it really well. Yes. And he got the goal in this game. Um, yep. He's got three yeah, goals this he's season, been, by the way. He's been really good this year, only 24, and yeah. he's going to go for a good sum. Hopefully a very, very large one that hinders the team that buys oh, him. Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> hater. Just hater. Uh, what a uh, hater. Yeah. Um, just because you guys can get him? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, Duvon, I mean, y'all definitely can't. <laughs> no, we, we aren't going to be buying Giorno, even though I would like him. Um, Those Zapata, bankruptcy rumors are persisting, by the way, just saying. Oh, they're fine. Um, Zapata to assist. Yeah. 
Like yeah, he played Turner well. played really well. And mm-hmm. did. Turner were having a fine season. I mean, they're not having really good. Like they only have 18 goals in 19 games. So mm-hmm. that's not really yeah. anything great, but they're yeah. now a point off Napoli. Um, they are. And without context, if he said, Hey, you're a point off Napoli. <laughs> I say, that's a pretty good season. If you're coming into the year, granted it's yeah. Napoli's in meltdown mode, um, which is concerning because <laughs> yeah. going forward, they don't have Anguissa or Osman due to African Cup of Nations. Yep. So yeah, not that's... good. No, no, not good at all. I mean, this is uh, things are not looking great over in uh, Napoli at all. Uh, look, this team is, I mean, we talked about this, I think, last week. Uh, it's disappointing. I mean, Rachmani, another disappointing performance. Uh, Jesus, another. I mean, just what? what is, when are they going to say, you know what? I think we can call it here, right? You can just say he's not the center back for this team. I, I just don't understand because the reality is Golini, Jesus had a horrible games. And Golini's like throwing, throwing ten, temper tantrums every time, you know, go, uh, balls going in. I'm like, okay, there's got to be better communication back there, right? The reality is uh, Napoli did have opportunities. They just didn't take them. None of them. They could not finish them. And, you know, this puts them in a very delicate position because Mazzari just came in recently so are we at a point where I think the, the, everyone's left wondering, are we at a point where Mazzari is going to be fired and someone else brought in? So you're going to have a second coaching change this season. But then some of that gets alleviated by the uh, Napoli management coming out after the game saying they're behind Mazzari hundred percent. But then, then again, what are they, what are they going to say? Right. They're going to say, no, we're just going to fire him. We're just, we're keeping them there just, you know, for the time being. I just, for me, I'm putting this a lot more on the players. Like, it just feels like they aren't performing to their standards. And yes, I guess that that is on the coach as well. But, like, Kavara isn't the player he was last year. No, and that's a big 100%. hindrance. Osman mm-hmm. isn't hasn't been that, like, available this season. And then, of course, yeah. he has African Cup of Nations now, um, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. And then, of course, Nguisa has that, which is unfortunate based on timing. Um, and then like Natan is your only other really op- real option at center back who's hurt. So I get the whole hate, like Juan Jesus and Romani aren't the fix, but like they really don't have many other, many center back options that right. they could get. So they need to fix that on the window if they can. Um, we'll see what available comes available for them, but right. They definitely need something. Um, firing Matsuri for me isn't isn't it, but you never know. No, I mean I agree with you. I, I don't think Matsuri firing Matsuri is going to solve anything, which I think I think they know this as well. Um, again, I mean you are right. This is a, a sort of a team uh, effort. Kavaratseli, uh, I looked again, flustered, couldn't really do much of anything. Didn't seem like there was much communication. There were multiple points where. Uh, I think it was Espadori, Politano were frustrated because he was not moving the ball. You know, again, players are always frustrated, but there seems to be some discord, right? Zielinski did not have a good game at all. Um, and he typically is pretty good uh, for, for this team. But 
it just was an all around mess. And I'm not quite sure. I mean, the reality is, uh, look, I I have nothing against Mazzocchi, but they need to do better than that, right? They they go to Salernitana to pick up a, a defender, really? Like that that's where they they, they go to Salernitana. Like there's no other leagues in, in Europe that there's no way. I mean, Juve are currently rumored to to have hijacked the Inter deal with Diallo, Tiago Diallo at Lille, right? So three and a half million. That's not an impossible deal. I'm not mind mind you, I'm not encouraging them to hijack our deal, okay? So no double hijacking here, but Jokes aside, where is this uh, management end of things? Because Mazzocchi isn't enough. In fact, I was a little surprised when I heard of the news because this doesn't strike me like a player that is meant for this team. I, I don't know. I mean, again, maybe I'm being harsh, but it just it didn't strike me like a, a signing that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more of the urgency of they need fresh bodies right now right. who can come in, know the league, understand how to play it, and be effective somewhat. I mean, clearly he wasn't effective in this game. Um, he was off in four minutes. Um, but like Diallo's coming back from an injury. Who knows if he'll yeah. even play more than five games in this six months. That's true. Yeah. Um, so they could save the $3.5 million or spend it on whatever a fresh and ready defender even if they might be a lesser defender um but right now they just need health bodies who are able to be capable defenders and that's kind of probably why they brought in him but yeah there's a lot of issues going on zielinski like he didn't play well but like maybe he's checked out from not getting extended on the contract and is he gonna resign in the summer or is he gonna go to another club like he's rumored for inter but yeah if he signs there, okay, maybe he checks out. Like, there's a lot of variables going on that could have helped with stability over the summer that exactly. didn't happen. And I feel like we're just going to have repercussions from that one Rudy Garcia decision of hiring him throughout the entire year, no matter who's in charge and everything. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this this team is until the players get back to some semblance of. Uh, the Napoli of old, the Napoli of last year, right? Uh, there, there's going to be questions. And I think no matter the, the manager, I'm, I'm not quite sure who's going to stop this bleeding. And uh, maybe there's things going on behind the scenes, right? To, uh, but it, it just was shocking to me, again, that they weren't able to find one better defender than Mazzocchi and, and Serie A even, right? Even just saying this league alone. Uh, but maybe, maybe just nobody was interested in giving up giving up their defenders. Maybe just none, none of the teams in Serie A or Serie B were like, "Nah, we're good." Entirely possible, entirely possible, especially mid season. Uh, but with that, uh, let's move on to uh, less depressing news, at least for me. These uh, two Salernitana games have been a a gift for uh, Juventus because. Boy, the kind of drubbing that you expect from Juventus when facing a bottom of the league team. Well, they they put that forth against Salernitana in the Coppa Italia round of 16 matchup where uh, Ique Messi scores in the first minute for Salernitana. Uh, didn't look great, not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> at that moment, I was like, come on, man. Like, you have got to be kidding me, right? 
But then it was all Juve from there. I mean, it just literally was all Juve. This team just went sliding down the slopes very quickly. You've got Miretti, Cambiasso, Rugani, uh, Braun own goal, and then yielded. By the way, what a goal! I mean, seriously, this kid is talented. And then Wea finishes things off six one. Damn, that's a statement right there, right? It was a drubbing, and yeah, Yildiz is—he's going to be a really good player, um, which is exciting for some of us on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they scored in the first minute, and you're just like, all right, it might be one of those games. And yep. then it ends six one. Like they just, as soon as they tied it up with Moretti, it was like, all right, well, Juve are back, and then this is probably going to get ugly, and it got very ugly. Um, like the team away goalies just started dribbling from half field and then just scores from 30 and that was keeper nuts. didn't even move. He was just like, yeah, no. Okay. That's, that's a good goal. Um, <laughs> so yeah. even he's just sitting there wondering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you got to give it to him, right? They played well. Uh, you know, they, they were resilient. They persisted and you got to give Locatelli credit. He had a hell of a game in this game. I mean, he did everything you needed him to do exactly the way he needed to do it. He was just about as close to perfect as you get. Uh, fantastic. It it was nice to see Cambiasso coming in with an assist and a goal. Not going to lie, it's nice. I think he's been playing pretty well. I think there's, some bright, there's a bright future there for him. Uh, I think it was a good signing, uh, whether he develops into you know a uh, world-class player. I'm not sure about that, but I think he'll, you know, he could be good enough to sort of become a good good player, right? Uh, Mireti scores. Nice goal there. I mean, Rogani scores. I mean, this guy's got three goals a season. Come on. <laughs> you got to love that, right? He comes in off, off the bench every once in a while and he scores. Uh, all in all, this team performed very well. Danilo even had two assists. Again, got to love it. Uh, the Keenan yielded uh, run in, though. Just got to say that. What, what a play. I mean, he just finessed his way. All around the Sadanitana back line there. Just got to love those little step overs. Nice, nice job. Nice job. And I'm just excited to see what happens next because this this kid is very talented. I mean, he's playing out there like he's not pulling any punches, which is fantastic to see. Like most young players on the field, when they're that young, tend to sort of play it safe, right? They don't want to screw up, so they just play it safe. They play short passes, easy passes to people that, you know, sort of getting the ball right away, playing hot potato, as as somebody put it. Uh, and I love that, the, the way they, uh, I forget who it was, was a commentator that said that. But, um, and he did not. He, he really does not. He attacks the opposing defense right away, gets a ball. Every single time it looks like he's going to go in. And, uh, I mean, this game was about as good as you can expect if you're a Juve fan. On the other end of things, this is about as bad as it gets if you're a Sanitana fan. 6-1? I mean, not great. Yeah, not good. You you went into the whatever week, weekend, having two fixtures against Juventus. Not really ideal, but you're hoping, okay, maybe the cup is where we can get them or we can get some crucial points for the relegation battle. And they come away right. with none of it. Um, and not only that, but they got embarrassed in one game. Um, they did. And so, no, that's not good. Um, like, 
they're they have a very uphill battle to try and stay up. Um, they're in last yeah. in Serie A. They're out of Coppa Italia. Um, mm-hmm. So not a great season so far. Um, for me, my big question to you, not about Salonitana, but about Juventus, um, is are you concerned at all about the amount of starts Yildiz is getting over specifically Chiesa? You know, funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about that exact quote-unquote problem as I was watching this game. Because I'm thinking, hold on a second. What's his, like, his third start at this point? Third and four. Copa Italia yeah, was uh, Keyes' start. Well, that's, that's the thing. I was, like, sitting there. I was like, huh. I'm like, that. that's impressive. Like, this, this kid's, like, 18 years old, and he's got his third start in fourth game, four games? Wow. And then you start thinking, you're like, wait a minute. What happened to Keyes' Mm-hmm. And and I'm joking. Like I I know what happened to Kiesa, but you almost wonder at that point what did happen to Kiesa. Like what the hell is going on, right? I don't know. I mean, he's injured right now, right? So he's obviously he's got some issues. He's going to come back later later this month. But it is concerning that he's injured yet again. His knee, right? That knee, the notorious knee. It's still the knee. He just seems to be having issues with those both those knees at this point. It's unfortunate. Um, I think that yielded. I'll be honest with you. This is what I this is what I see happening here. I think they're trying to use yielded as counter leverage against uh, Kiza, right? When he as his contract renewal is up, I, I see them using yielded to say, "Well, you know, we got someone. We don't like need you. Like, yeah, I mean, it'd be great to have you, but we don't like need you. Need you so." By all means, you want to walk, by all means, go. I don't. I just don't think they're willing to play games at this point because Juve, Juve's financial situation is not great, right? It's, it's not horrible, but it's not great. So there's only so much money to go around. Vlaovic isn't exactly, I, I, I know I'm going to eat these words later because he did score the game winner, but he's not exactly performing like a $75 million player. And so there's some questions to be asked about well, who's going to get the contract renewal? So let me bring this back to you as a neutral. And you, when you see this team and you see Yildiz, you know, playing three out of four games, Chiesa sort of hopping back and forth between consistency and inconsistency. What do you see? For me, it just feels like roster construction isn't ideal. Because like you... I. Like would love to see Yildiz, Vlavic, and Chiesa on the field all at the same time, but Chiesa is not a wing back, and they're playing a three-five-two, and like yeah. they only have one real wing back on the team in Kostic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the other guys who are playing in that wing back spot aren't wing backs. Like Timo Weah, not a wing back. Illing Junior, not a wing back. Those are all like mids slash forward wingers. Um, so just like put some else so you could argue, yeah, yeah, so, sorry, yes, true. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was just looking at the lineup from the yeah, yeah, no, two, I know. one win, no worries. Um, but yeah, like it just feels like they're doing a lot of mix and match kind of scenario, mm-hmm. and you want your best players on the t- field all at the same time, and I just don't think Juve are 
really going to ever have that happen. Um, mm -hmm. And then with the contract situation, like you just can't have it happen. You just got to pay them. Like, it just feels like you I agree. get it done. You don't want to dive all a situation happening again. Um, exactly. Cause if Chiesa leaves, he's going to stay in Zaria and he's yep. going to wreak havoc again, just like he did in Fiorentina. 100%. Um, it's not going to go well. So us, yeah. So it's just like you pay your guys like it, like you yep. are Juventus. I get, I mean, as an Inter person, you brought up the bankruptcy, like that's a problem, but you just pay your guys. Inter hasn't had a problem renewing any contracts. Um, so you wonder why that's such an issue for Juventus in the same breath. You do. And I mean, I, I, but, you know, to be honest with you, part of this for me is looking at the signing we talked about earlier, the potential signing of Diallo, right, from Lille. Three and a half million, right? That's who their targets are. At this, that's who their target is, rather, at this point. That tells you about who their targets are in general. I think this is sort of the financial. I mean, the 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 news that I've seen around this has been that they're looking to sell Filippo uh, Ranocchia uh, from who's currently playing at, at Empoli, but they're not satisfied with the time he's getting to Palermo for three million, essentially balancing the cost of you know purchasing Diallo. Now, I agree with you. In my mind, I could totally see exactly what you're saying. Way on the right wing. Um, Chiesa on the left wing, Vlaovic playing striker, Yildiz right behind Vlaovic. Fantastic. Give me that every day. I'll be happy. I mean, would it be great if like we could maybe get Kostic to go on the right or at least go have Chiesa go on the right and Kostic on the left? Uh, I don't know how we play as a winger, but uh, what other option do we have uh, besides Ealing Jr.? Uh, then again, though, we're talking about Allegri. There's no way that formation's ever going to come come through because he just doesn't ever want to let that happen. He's so hell-bent. Mind you, I don't mind a 3-5-2 or whatever variation he chooses the day of. The issue is what you just mentioned. You want all of the best players on the field. And the way Yildiz is playing, I, I, I do think if he's playing with Vlaovic, and Kostic, and Chiesa, I think there's a huge impact. I think potentially you're talking about a much more complete uh, offensive team. And yeah, definitely much more offensive, like, thinking team. And Allegri is just not interested in that, I don't think. You know, part of it might be depth. But again, flip it right back to you. Is depth, would depth keep you from making that move? No. Like, it's right. just like, like, you just got to pay your guys. That's how I always will feel this way. Like, it's just like, like, I, I get it. Yes, the financials are bad. Interest financials are just as bad. Like, the reason why Juve are getting Diallo for three and a half million is because Juve, I mean, Inter can't bring him in in January and have to be in exactly. the summer for free. Like, that's yep. the re So, like... That is the reality of Serie A in, like, the financials. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, like, when you, get your, when you get a good guy, you pay them anything 100%. they want. Yeah, I, I agree with you. 
Shouldn't be negotiable. I mean, Chiesa, you don't have a talent like that coming around every once in a while, right? No. This is a rare talent. You keep them, you hold on to them, and you build a team around them. That's the kind of player you, you build a team around. And you keep Yildiz as well, right? You've developed them, and you, you give them all the tools necessary, build around both of them. Now, the third part of this piece, Vlaovic, he had an assist and a goal in this game. He had the goal. This is a game-winning the goal. Fantastic. Goal. What, what a goal, by the way. I mean, this is what I want from Vlaovic. This is it. Last-minute heroics, and what a header. This is perfect. This is exactly what you want from, from your star, uh, star striker. But I'll be honest with you. Prior to this goal, up until the 90th minute, I'm sitting there thinking, what in the hell is going on? Because we've got a 70 million striker who's just done nothing up until that point in my mind. Yes, okay, he had the assist. Fantastic. And by the way, I don't want to ignore Inling Jr. scored a great goal. That was a great goal he, uh, he scored. Fantastic. Good for him. Really happy for him. You know what? You can shake your head, Robbie. You can shake your head. It's fine. <laughs> I scored a good like, goal. Okay. It was fine. It, it it fell to him. It was he was one on one with the keeper. He, he just did a good blasted job. it in that. Fair. That's right. Good for him. Proud of him. I just find but, it funny that we talk about Vlavic <laughs> and we're like, oh yeah. well, until the goal. Well, the goal matters. <laughs> the goal it does like on his stat yes. sheet. I get it. He You're didn't right. have a good game throw it all out because it doesn't matter anymore it's about the goal that's it's 100 it's exactly where all my hatred it was for cristiano ronaldo <laughs> happened yeah like yeah. he just wouldn't do anything for mm-hmm. minutes and then just he'd be there in the right place at the right time he'd rise above everyone mm-hmm. and bang in the back of the net not i'm not saying vlavic is him but like yeah, that's the type of that's what you want from your striker. You in the biggest moment, the most clutch scenario, you but, get the goal, and he got the assist. Granted, the assist just kind of again fell to Allen yeah. Junior. Back of the right. net. So like, that's more just a eh, all right. We'll chalk that up as on the stat sheet. Um, but the goal <laughs> is everything yeah. you want from him, and it is. It was there fantastic. Like, not going to complain about the goal. Got the Trust win. Me. Uh, that was fantastic. Celebration, great too. Nice yes. shirt, ripped the undershirt nice off too. <laughs> no Fantastic. reason to wear that at that point. <laughs> Absolutely. Why? Why even bother? Uh, well, you know, th- this is sort of a, I, and I know this is exactly what I was thinking about after the game. It was like, you know, maybe I'm being too critical, right? But again, backtrack a second. Seventy-five million euro striker. That is not a small amount of money. People don't just throw $75 million at anyone, right? This was a $75 million striker. What, he what he's showing right now is that we could have had Lukaku for less, let's say, theoretically. We could have replaced him with Lukaku this season, and he, he would have done the same thing. Is that what I'm what I'm getting here? On a free, what, on a loan? Sure, deal? but like, they paid what? million for one year and have 0% ownership. So Vlavic is going to get sold for similar value. Probably. So seven goals and three assists is not what I expect from Vlavic, right? Consistency is not good. Nowhere near. I mean, he's either here, he's either up, up high or really far down low. And that to me is infuriating. Yes, he does come up big, but it is infuriating that he does not perform the way he needs to. 
Uh, and it's the same thing for Chiesa, mind you. I, I'm not leaving him out of this. He's been inconsistent, incredibly so. When he scored the penalty uh, recently, was the first time he had scored since September, was it? Yeah. Like that. That's not good. No. You need more from your two forwards. I agree, but I feel like we're going to say this about Juventus all year. Like, Yeah, you're right. They haven't had the most inspiring offensive contributions. No. But they have 46 points through 19 games. Like that is which is impressive. Fantastic. Like that's a team that effort is, though, mind like, you. Like Inter should be running away with this. 100%. And they have a 2-point lead. Like that's because infuriating. Of... <laughs> well, to you, yeah, but to me it's great. Yeah. Uh it's a team though. The team is playing well. And that's the thing. I think the midfield is not getting enough credit. Uh, I didn't give enough credit. Locatelli and Rabiot have been fantastic for most of the season. They've been doing a really good job. Our defense has been good for the most part, especially Bremer. Um, But when you look at the goals the last three games, you had Rabiot score against Roma. Then you had Ealing Jr. and Vlaovic score last uh, game against uh, Saranitana away. And then you had Miretti, Cambiasso, Rugani, uh, Yildiz, and Wea. I feel like this stat line should read somewhere along the lines of like, at least in what I'm thinking in my mind of $75 million striker and uh, equally amazing, you know, sort of winger. It should be more like Chiesa, Vlaovic, and then like maybe another, you know, a couple names in there. In Vlaovic's defense, he played 14 minutes in that 6-1 win. Look, so I like, understand that. He has scored or assisted in three straight games in Serie A. I'm proud of like, him. I'm very that, proud of him. Again, I'm that very, feels very like a, that's a, you just don't like him because of the price tag and you're criticizing him for a 14-minute substitution when you already had a 4-1 well, lead. I'm not, okay. When you know he was what? dubbed in. <laughs> look, it look, was 4-1 to one when he got brought in. He did. There, there was Get, no was expectations to do anything. He was on the field, bro. He was on the field. He was playing against this team. I mean, this team was essentially just lying down at that point. I think their mattresses, I could see their mattresses getting ready for them. Like that, that Saturday Night team was sleeping at that point. They were like, this is it. It's over. I don't, I don't even care anymore. Again, I know I'm sounding critical because I am being a little critical. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I still think he's plenty capable. In fact, I would love to see him continue at Juve. I think he might honestly just need a tactical change. I think I don't think you can truly give up on him until a new manager comes in with different tactics that can allow him to flourish. I don't think he can flourish under the system. I think that's fine. He's oftentimes isolated. But then again, his hold-up play is horrible. His ability to pass the ball at times is almost comically bad. Like, what is going on? And then some of the shanking you see him uh, deal with. It's like, bro, I'm not a professional player, mind you. I don't know <laughs> the rigors of that. I am, I'm just an, somebody who loves this team and has seen enough great players to be able to see if he wants to rise up to that level, which I think he's perfectly capable of doing, he has to rise up to the occasion, right? You you have to meet those difficult situations for your team 
every, well, not every time, because that's impossible, but just a, just about every time, hyperbolic as that is. Lautaro, you've got to be Lautaro. I mean, I, I, you know, the reality is you have to be like that. You have to have ice running through your veins. I love Lautaro, and he's had a really good year. But he is yeah. the statue for inconsistency. And I just yeah, think people well. are too blind of recency bias. Like, yeah, he's having a really good year, and he's scoring a lot of goals. That's great. He's never right. had a year like this. He's not. You're right. And he gets really hot and really cold. So it's just like. But even with that, he had 21 goals like, last season, dude. Yeah. 21. He, he, I love Lotaro. Great player. He's very inconsistent. I, I get your point, right? He he does have those like hot and cold streaks where he disappears for parts of the season. Um, but generally speaking, you've had. He's likely going to break the you know 20 goal plane unless something happens oh, this season. First, oh, he's going to have a really good season right i hope he but like he's stop. gotten 21 goals every other season before this right uh 21 21 17 and and whatnot and going further back vlavic had 10 last season 24 the season before and right now he's got seven and three seven assists three goals so 10 total contributions which is which is nice i'm not again i'm not criticizing like that's a good output fine um but to be honest with you We've got Milik on the bench. I feel like you should do a little better than Milik did last season, right? That's my, my my primary issue here. Because when you look at Milik's stats for last year, when he came over to Juve, he had seven goals and one assist. And this was as a sub, primarily. Not good. You should be far outperforming this guy. As a sub this season, he's got two goals and one assist. In three matches played, mind you. Uh, three matches started. Sorry, 18 matches played. I was going to say, 18 yeah. matches played is a big Yeah, but difference. he doesn't really get much time often. That's the thing, hey, right? We he just criticized a guy for not scoring in 14 minutes. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was definitely in jest, mind you, uh, to everyone out there. That was in jest. Um, I, I, again, I stand by the fact that I expect more from him. That's fine. Um, I also do not advocate for the Juve to get rid of him, mind you. I, I'm not of the thought that he needs to go. No, I, far from it. In my mind, this team lines up, as you mentioned earlier, really. My ideal formation includes Lavic at striker, Kiz on the right, Kostic on the left, and Yildiz right behind them. There you go. That's how you do it. There you go. Is that ever going to happen? Nope. I don't know. Not with a legacy, I'll tell you that much. But... With that ridiculously long, uh, and and that was entirely on me, uh, conversation about Vlaovic, he's just so frustrating. He can be so good. (laughs) He can be so good. Doubling down, we're back at it. Look, look, he can be so good. I I can see the star in the making. If he could just be more consistent, that'd be great. But anyways, before I continue this, (laughs) Ah <laughs> oh, man, it's uh I, I know look, I don't I know you don't have Lavage. I know you're a little jealous, but you know it's okay. No. It's okay. I know you're a little jealous. Um don't worry. I think I think he's gonna make me eat my words by the end of the season. 
I'm probably going to be looking at the year end episode review and just being like, uh, I, I'm sorry for anything I ever said about Blavich. That's probably what's going to happen, which that'd be great. For sure. I'd love that. I would love that. With that said, though, this brings us to the end of the uh, recap episode for Match Day 19. We will be back on Thursday for our preview episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Robbie, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. I know you enjoyed my Vlavich rant. You're yeah. welcome. And with that, you can follow us anywhere. We're on YouTube, X, or whatever the name of the platform is, uh, Threads, Instagram. Follow us. Subscribe to the podcast on any platform you so choose. Po- Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cat. It doesn't matter, right? Anywhere. Anywhere. With that, don't forget, there's really only one true Italian team, and that's Juventus. You're stealing my bit. The black and white. Fino alla fine. Fino alla fine. Until the very end. That's it. Ciao, everyone. Ciao.